You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. That's Mary. To put it simply, we're both theater nerds. So let's pull back the curtain and get a glimpse at the artist's process while creating their art. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming, and thank you, Eliza, for joining us today. Um, absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank cool. you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Yay. And this is our first live episode. Wow. We're so honored. All three of us going through it together. Whoa. How exciting. <laughs> Inaugural experience. I mean, yes. there's no other way to do it. No. <laughs> this is the only way it could happen. So let's dive right in, and let's go back to when you first booked Hamilton. Mm. So... What, you were originally hired as the Universal Swing? That is correct, yes. And can you walk us through what that process was like? Auditioning for Hamilton? Yeah, and did you know that you were auditioning for Universal Swing? Had not a clue that that even existed as an entity, so no. Um, Hamilton, at, I auditioned for the show in like March of 2016. So at this point, it's been on Broadway for nine months. It's very much like we all know this is a smash, this is a huge moment, but all of the original company are still there. And at this point, it was like, we w the company wasn't sure what was gonna happen after the Tonys, because it's an exhausting show. I don't know if you're familiar with Hamilton and American Musical, but it's three hours long. 
It's like, that's a lot on a performer eight times a week. So and you're it's on a, stage pretty much, pretty the much whole the whole time. There's it's like a very physical show. Like, yes, it's you're lifting tables, you're picking up chairs, you're on like moving surfaces. And sometimes they rotate in opposite directions. And you think you've stepped on a flat surface and you're like, just kidding. That was the turntable. Hello. So like, there's a lot going on in the show. And most of the company, all of the OGs had essentially been a part of three years worth of workshops a full run off Broadway, and now they're nine months into the Broadway run. So like people are exhausted and it's a massive show. And so all of a sudden, March of 2016 comes around and the creative teams say, we need to audition people. Like we need to have people in the mix ready to potentially replace because who knows who will stay after the Tonys. And then also we have plans for Chicago to happen. So anyway, March of 2016, I got a hysterical email from my agents that said you have an appointment for Hamilton and I was like okay sure <laughs> I called them even I was like I'm happy to go in for this like I love a free class that's what auditioning is for me like it's an opportunity to work with people who don't normally who aren't teaching really anymore because they're so busy they're working and so for me being in an audition is just a space to for free learn from the best in the business and get a moment perspective into their insight. So I was like, I'm game. I love free class. I'm totally down to do this, but like, I'm not sure this is my show. I'm, I don't know that I see myself in this. And they said casting ass for me. So I was like, okay, whatever you say, I'll show up. This is a gag. So Are there are certain types of dance that you're trained in. I know that you actually didn't go to school for, for dance. Is that correct? That is a true statement. Yeah. I actually stopped dancing in college. And then my last semester had the bright idea of three and a half years away. Wouldn't it be fun if I just all of a sudden tried to be a professional dancer? What a genius. Like <laughs> It's really, worked out really well for you, though. Lord, like blessings be on all things. Like, yes, it has come to be. But what, again, what a gag. Um, <laughs> So anyway, the Hamilton audition process is long and involved, and now it's like down to a science, but at that point we had no idea, they had no idea what they were doing, and they didn't even really know what they needed. So I came in with like 60 other people in a teeny tiny room in Ripley, maybe like twice the size of this stage, um, and we learned a cut from Yorktown. Um, and we did that in like 30 minutes, we did it in our small groups of three, like two times through, and then they made a massive cut and had us all wait outside and a group of us were asked to sing. And so we come in to sing and Alex Lacamoire has appeared in the room. I was like, hello, sir. Many congrats on the recent Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you were not here a moment ago. Ah. So then we sang for him. Um, and Stephanie Clemens at this point was, uh, was also there as our advocate so she could say, you know, when you're behind the table, there's a little bit of like each department is kind of advocating for people so that if maybe they're not doing the thing that is their strong suit, you have someone who's kind of backing them up, which is a cool thing. Like everyone's always on your side when you're auditioning. They want you to be the right person. Um, it's just a matter of finding that person. So anyway, praise be, Stephanie Clemens is in the room. <laughs> I'm like, maybe this won't be my best, but I know I did well a moment ago, so... Here, was, here goes nothing, fingers crossed. Um, oh, and I was also singing a song, I was singing a cut from what I was born to do, um, it, from Bring It On. And I was like, you've arranged this, like everything about this is now like oh, infinitely more true. uncomfortable. Um, he was like, oh, I've never heard someone audition this. And I was like, great, so you're gonna remember the person who sang this originally. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> um, anyway, so we get out of the room. People are like have been singing, and they actually had to stop. All of a sudden, they said, "Actually, can?" And they lift off list off six people. And they asked us to come back into the room. Um, and they're like, hey, can you just do Yorktown again? Um, we just want Tommy to see it. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, Tommy, how's it going, <laughs> Mr. Kale? So all of a sudden, Tommy appeared. And so six of us who at this point have sung are just like randomly brought back into the room and one at a time do Yorktown for him while he's like whispering over his shoulder, but like not covering his mouth, but whispering next to uh, Stephanie Clemens. What's so you, going through your mind when that happens? The whole experience <laughs> is so awkward. Everything about it is uncomfortable. It's just like, but then again, I'm a big fan of like, well, what else can I do? I'm already here. So like, I guess I'll just do it. Like confidently unconfident. What else, like what is there to lose at this point? Like I'm in the room, obviously I'm here for a reason, but like what the hell's happening? This is so weird. I've never, this is the only time in my life I've ever had to dance one at a time in front of a director while we were previously five minutes before this singing one at a time for the MD. Like it was very strange, but he was only available for that chunk of time, whatever. We do our thing one at a time, super awkwardly. Oh, and at the time in the room with me is Justice Moore, who is now the woman three on Broadway and was the original Woman 3 in Chicago, and also the original Woman 3 on the second national tour. So like, she knows Woman 3 pretty well. And then um, Hope Easterbrook, who uh, was also the Woman 2 replacement on Broadway. So it's just funny. Oh, and Zellig Williams, who was um, Man 4 on Broadway after Seth took over as Lafayette. So like, we all ended up being in the show at some point, which is kind of cool and awesome. Um, and we're all going through like a really uncomfortable experience and we're all brand new. Like none of us had ever done Broadway. I was like brand new to theater. Just so we do that. We are politely asked to leave the room and then they say, you know what? We're actually not going to sing everyone else. We're just going to bring everyone back into the room because Andy has shown up and now we're going to do a section of room where it happens. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we all come back into the room and oh no, no, we dance Yorktown again. For, but this time for Andy. And Andy, like, an Andy Blankenbuehler audition is an eight hour day. You're fully in like production rehearsal, but you're auditioning and you're exhausted. And he's like, great, so you've done it three times, do it again, but this time better. Sure. Is that a direct quote? <laughs> that is a direct quote. Okay. It's like, can't wait. I feel empowered now. <laughs> so, thanks for building me up. I love this pep talk. So anyway, it's like we do. <laughs> I really love Andy. He's like truly one of my favorite people. He's just like can't feel anything other than what he feels in that moment. He's like, I'm, I can't lie. That was terrible. <laughs> like, great. Well, awesome. Hopefully that's motivation that you keep in your head. Andy says do better. Yeah, and you Andy just... said you can do better. So I can. Yeah, that's a way to look at it. That's a good spin. Good pep talk. Mm -hmm. In the moment, I'm not sure that's how we all felt, but <laughs> in ret you know, hindsight's 2020. So anyway, we do Yorktown a gazillion times in all the configurations. We've done it in groups, and then it's like, red shirt, come out here. Flannel, how do I know you? And so you're also like trying to be like, I have a personality, you know me. Then he does it, like it's awkward, it's still. So we do that, and then they make a large cut. And my name is not called. And I was like, ah, man, I thought I did so well. So I'm like packing up my things, grabbing my stuff. I like walk out of the room. I'm like, 
and it's like New York in the winter and it's been an eight, like I've already been there for six hours. So I have like my jacket and then I have the coat and then I have a scarf and I'm like holding my dance shoes and then like a banana fell out of my bag. So it's like, I just look like a bag lady. I'm walking out of the room and I turned to Andy and Steph and I was like, I would just want to thank you. I had such a great day. And he kind of gives me this like weird look and I was like, awesome. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Bye. And like continue to leave. And then he follows me out and he's like, Eliza, why are you leaving? And I was like, I, I'm so sorry. I'm confused. You, my name wasn't called. And he was like, yes, it was. No. And he, he goes back to the pile and he goes, you're, my headshot had gotten stuck on like the person, someone else's. And so my name hadn't been said because my headshot for some reason, they're like, their headshot was sticky and it like stuck to mine. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, well, this is now awkward well, what, again, well, what but if, also great. Well, what if you had never said exactly. thank you so much? They wouldn't have known. I mean, hopefully they would have because you want to think you're so memorable, but likely not. Or maybe they wouldn't have called <laughs> They you. wouldn't have caught it, you know? Yeah. So like always say thanks because also like it, they are spending a lot of time on you too so you just want to be gracious so anyway i come back in the room with like my bananas fallen in front of this whole experience i'm like picking it up and like everyone else is in their heels because we're doing room where it happens now and i'm like sorry excuse me excuse me put all my stuff back put the heels on the combinations like two eight counts in already i'm like oh i've got it it's great it's great everything's fine um anyway so then we do room where it happens that happens <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was well it made me chuckle so anyway we do room where it happens and then that's sort of the end of that day and so eight hours later day one has taken place and then at the end of the day I got an email from my agent that was like they want you to come back uh, to learn another combo and at this point it was for an immediate replacement this was to be Betsy's um, replacement the woman two track so I came back and like started the day, put my stuff in and Andy comes into the room like before the audition day start. He's also like simultaneously auditioning cats at this, like in the same, like in the same rehearsal space. So we're like, we're all at Gibney downtown and like Union Square, beautiful building. And he's like walking in and out of the auditions because he's like auditioning for Mistopheles and also auditioning Hamilton. So anyway, we go in and he comes into the room before we start and he's like, Eliza, mm-hmm. He's like, can you come here for a second? I was like, sure. So I go over and ch chat and he's like, okay, so I think this is gonna be great. I see, I really wanna work with you. He's like, but I'm just not sure. I, I'm not sure I see you in an ensemble. I think that you're more of a soloist. And I was like, thank you, that's really nice. But also I want to be in this yeah. show. So like, where have we gone wrong? <laughs> he's like, but I'm looking for Victoria, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call you in for cats. I'm just write down your your info. I'm gonna give it to Lindsay, and we're gonna call you in for cats. But I think you should still do today, like take the notes from Stephanie, really like zero in on it. I'm just not sure this is right for you. And I was like, okay. Also, I can just tell you 100% right now, I'm not a Victoria. Like, there's literally zero extension that I offer, and that is like the sole purpose of her solo. So I was like, well, this is, now I'm gonna embarrass myself again. <laughs> and now you also don't think I'm right for this show. So like, cool, I'm thrilled to start this day with you. Anyway, so we do my shot, we make a cut. We sing again for Alex Lacamoire. Then he like teaches us sections of music from the show. Then we 
have to do my shot again. Then we have to do room where it happens again. Then we're just at this point, it's me, Hope Brooks and one other girl, um, Hope Easterbrook and one other girl. And we go through the whole experience, the day, whatever. And I didn't get it. Hope ended up getting the role. And I was like, ah, man, I really thought this was mine. And then that night, my agent called and they're like, they want you to do a boot camp. It's like, what mm -hmm. the heck is a boot camp? And it's like a week long rehearsal process where we were paid to learn the I hear, show. I hear all about it all the time. I feel yeah. like it's very famous now. Now it's like a staple. At this point, they're like, essentially the boot camp was like one, an extended audition that you got paid for, which is great. But also it was just like, they had never taught the show to people that didn't know the material. At this point, they're five years into the production and they've just been creating the material with people that know all the reference points. So if they make an adjustment in my shot, they still have the vocabulary and the sense of like, there's just a general, there's all this unbelievable knowledge that people have to offer. And so they're no, they know now at this point, they're gonna be building a Chicago company with brand new humans. And they're like, we don't even know how long it takes to teach this show. We've gone through the process where it was like, we had the eight weeks that we needed, but it was, we were making massive changes. Like they just, they had no idea what it was gonna look like. So it was also a really informative process for them. So anyway, I did the boot camp. I learned a track with someone else, like Zelig Williams ended up being my partner in boot camp. He learned man one, I learned woman two. We learned the vocals and staging for like 10 numbers of the show. And then the week ended and we were all like, so did we book it or no? Um, so you didn't find out right away? No. Mm. So that was like the end of March, the boot camp, And I got called back in, in May to like do the material again with, and at this point it's like, for Chicago and possible replace, you know, it's like always ambiguous phrasing. You're like, am I auditioning for anything or nothing? Like what's happening here? But you just go and you show up and you like do your best. And so I did all the things again and I sang my songs again and then I didn't hear anything again. And then in the middle of the summer, I like in June, I got a call from my agent and they said, Alex Lackamore wants you to come in for a 30 minute vocal session. I was like, okay. Sure. Whatever he wants. Anything, Alex. If Alex Lockmore knows my name, I'll be there. So I show up to another like random space in Midtown and he's like, okay, let's sing some songs. Like, okay. It was just you two. Just me and him. How oh, do you prepare for that? Like, how do you, you get, don't, it's just, it's so awkward. It's just awkward every time. So you and just lean into the awkwardness. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like lean into the awkward, embrace the unknown. There's literally nothing I can do about it. It's not my job to say, no to myself and cut myself off from this opportunity. My job is to say yes, my job is to show up, and my job is to like be game. Like I think one of my biggest advantages is like I'm a team player and I'm always like willing to try even if I think I'm going to like fabulously mess up. So I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I might fall on my face, but sure, let's find out. I don't care, like it's not that deep. So you just prepare like that. Also, whenever I'm scared, I saw this amazing TED talk about our physical body language and how it's like, they, one of the examples they give is like people who have been blind their whole life, when they feel triumphant, they make themselves big. And so it shows that like there's an internal response in our bodies when we feel successful about ourselves, our reaction is to extend ourselves. And when we feel self-conscious, we like roll in. And there's a couple studies that they reference that are really fascinating. But the takeaway is like, if you are nervous about something, the most empowered thing you can do in that moment is to make yourself big. And so I literally will go, if I'm nervous out of my mind, 
sometimes I just do it in the audition room because also like nothing is that deep. I just don't care what other people think. And I will literally just like power pose it out, like starfish out and I'm like, lift my chin and I'll just stand there like, yes, I am great. I can do this. Everything's fine. And you feel like an idiot for like 30 seconds. And then all of a sudden you're like, I am great. I can do this. Everything is fine. And it's like a really interesting psychological thing that happens. Like we are able to change our brain chemistry just by like how we step into something. So anyway, I power posed it, but I was the only one in the space. It was just like me, Bethany Knox in the hallway. And I was like, hey girl, hold on a second. <laughs> just like stop. Like in retrospect, for sure, could have like gone to the bathroom, been in the stall by myself, like had a moment. No, instead I did it in front of like the woman from Telsey who's casting the show. Like, this isn't weird. I'm endearing, right? That's that's what this is. Definitely something to remember. Yeah, no, memorable in all the wrong ways, but memorable. Um, so anyway, I just was like power posed it out because I like thought I was going to pee my pants or like pass out with anxiety. Um, showed up, got in the room, sang Mike's songs that he'd heard at this point like three other times. And then he's like, okay, let's like let's learn a section of Wait For It. I was like, awesome. I don't know that song. I don't know that one. <laughs> Great. So anyway, he like taught me the soprano line and the alto line just to see how I pick up music. Because um, I don't read music. Um, I think that's true for a lot of performers. I Because I didn't study this and I didn't grow up. I like, you know, we all... A lot of people grow up singing in church. So I like can hold a tune, I understand, but I know that like if a note goes up, your voice goes up. And if a note goes down, your voice goes down. But like, I don't know what's happening. So anyway, I was just like singing along with him. Like pl he's plunking it out and I'm just watching like, okay, sort of, I think. Um, anyway, did that. Then my, my, one of my very best friends, Christina Glur, who is now currently a swing in Hamilton. And I put her into the show when I was there, also walked into the room right after me and I was like, hey, I guess we're both here for this. <laughs> awesome. Um, but then an hour later, I got the call from my agents and they said, you're going to be a universal swing. So can you explain what a universal swing is? Yes. Basically, it's like super swing. That's the only way I can describe it. You are a swing. You cover all of the roles you would in a company. So for me, it's like the five female ensemble tracks, but doing that for any North American production of Hamilton or of any production, whatever show you're doing. And so you just get flown with, you know, 24 hours notice or more than that if like things are working out great and you show up and you watch the archive and you like clock the differences and then you perform with people that you don't know. Simple, right? <laughs> Easy. Yeah, super but fun. I also heard that like the woman five on Broadway is a different track than what would be on tour. Is, is that Correct. true? Okay. Well, Maybe that woman the five, baseline but. of all of the tracks are basically the same. So how many tracks did you have to cover? Uh, there's five women in each company, and I was a universal swing when we had three North American productions. So in total, that's 15. Wow. But honestly, I'd only performed, I never performed with the Angelica Company because of, oh. I ended up pretty much exclusively being... Universal Swings are based out of New York always. And then whenever they're not in New York, it's because they're on the road with another company. So I ended up being pretty much exclusively used between New York and Chicago. And I did end up doing all five roles in both companies in the course of being a Universal Swing. But I was only with Chicago in total, like 10 weeks. And how do you prepare for that? How do you like, wh how did you organize learning all of those tracks? Yeah. 
Stephanie Clements, who's the associate, or I think now she's called a global dance supervisor because there's so many productions of Hamilton. Global. <laughs> like, what an awesome title. Like, sounds like you're taking over the world. <laughs> Love it. Um, she gave me some of the best advice, which is like, it doesn't matter how scared you are to do this, learn one track at a time. You will retain the information so much more effectively if you focus on one thing and learn it all the way through, because then when you learn the second track, you'll learn it in half the time. And that just continues on as you learn everything else. And so just being comfortable, and it's the same with auditioning, just like being comfortable with the unknown, being totally at peace with like, it's okay that I don't have all that information, that's information I don't need yet. Now in my case in Chicago, I was learning my one track, which was woman one, like because I learned the show with them and I was out there for tech and previews. And then the last preview, I got a phone call. I woke up to a phone call that said, hey, Eliza, we need you to be woman two today. I said, okay, great. I will be there. And then got off the phone and was like, oh my God, I don't know woman two yet. I haven't learned woman two. And you power posed. Oh, I power posed for sure. I was like, deep breaths. Everything's fine. You're fine. This is great. You're going to be great. You've got this. I do have this. Like, you know, went through my journey. Um, And then just showed up to the theater. Like, because also the thing with preparing for something like that, at the end of the day as a swing, if you go on... People are going to push you. People are going to push you. There's like a, we call it shove with love and like kind eyes. Like, no, go this way, go this way, go this way. Like there's like all these little things we do to like help each other out. Um, But also no matter what happens, if the show goes on, you did your job. Because with, in Hamilton, there are no cuttable tracks. So like every, every single track has to be on stage in order for it to be successful. Um, In order for like, everyone who paid in the audience to see the show that day to get to see the show. And so there's an element of like, well, I literally can only win because by virtue of being on stage, the show is still happening. So if you take yourself off the pressure of just knowing like, I just got to do something, I can pre, and like give yourself space to breathe. You just are in the moment, you're like, okay, yeah, I can do this. So what's one thing that you would tell another person that's going to be a universal swing or yourself if you had no knowledge of your experience as a universal swing what would you tell them I think the most important thing is to be gracious with yourself swings do not have the luxury of the full rehearsal process the way onstage company does and so you have to like I'm such a big advocate of like self-love and self-care and so like freeing yourself of unreasonable expectations just knowing like you're doing great. We're our own worst critic. And you just have to like let things roll off you. It's nothing is that deep. We're literally singing and dancing for a living in costumes, playing pretend. Like what? That literally, it doesn't matter. Like, yes, art changes the world. And like, I will be an advocate for arts education all day, every day. But like, it's not that deep. That's so interesting. So many of our guests have said that same thing about whatever they do in the theater, whether it's um, work as costumes, yeah. work in costumes, work on stage, playwrights. They a lot of them say that exact same sentiment. No, it's so important, and I think it's just easy to forget. You know, like we get tunnel vision and we forget the wider scope of things, and like there's a lot that we think matters in our life that if you take a second to just breathe, you realize there's more happening, and you can just like let it you can just give yourself a little bit of grace so now moving into yesterday you just announced that you're the associate choreographer for six coming to broadway yeah which is so exciting thank um, you so are you i'm assuming you have you started rehearsals yet or not we yet? start on monday on monday yeah so and did you go through any sort of pre-production hmm 
I learned six by they flew me out to London and I had six full days of rehearsal where I was taught the show from Carrie Ann, the choreographer and her UK associate Melody and just the three of us in a room with water bottles as microphones and I learned the choreography to the show in four days and then we did two days of like sorting out bless you we did two days of sorting out um like principal tracking for like individual numbers and then they were like okay have fun preparing we'll see you in a month so that's what I did Unfortunately, we're running out of time, so I, I want to. We always ask our guests as a final question: oh, wow. What was the last great piece of theater that you saw? Oh my gosh, I saw Slave Play, and it is like I haven't seen a piece of theater in a long time. That every day since seeing it, something about it has like stuck with me, or I've thought about it, and like it's provoked a lot of really interesting questions. Like it's so masterful. I am so on like give Jeremy O'Harris a Pulitzer yesterday team. Like it's just one of the most brilliant things, pieces of theater I've seen in I don't know how long. It's extraordinary. And now it's closed, so sorry. I've now sorry. advocated for something that you can't see, my bad. Well, also, we are going to hopefully in the next few weeks be recording a part two of this episode in our Broadway Podcast Network studios. So feel free to check that episode out when it airs. And we'll have this part a mix with the new part which is yeah and if you guys yay. have any questions anybody in the audience um you can ds dm us on instagram at page to stage podcast and where can we find you on the social media yeah so my instagram is super exciting it's at eliza omen um that's o-h-m-a-n like oh man isn't she great <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> you walk into every audition like that pretty much and they're like eliza is that like eliza and i'm like yeah. Oh. Haven't heard that one. Wow. <laughs> Two years, guys. Um, so that's my I Instagram. And then my Twitter is at Eliza underscore Omen because a stranger in somewhere in Norway <laughs> stole my, <laughs> my name. I don't know why. So underscore on Twitter. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks oh my gosh. so much. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I talked so much. <laughs> yeah, and thank you guys for yeah, coming. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. And we'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.